0: Please pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for bringing us here together today to worship you. I pray that you would focus our hearts upon you now. May you place your words in my mouth, Lord, and may you speak to us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It is so good to see you all today. Well, uh, since we moved into the rectory two years ago, I've had a little project in my mind. Right there's been one thing in there that I've been thinking, boy, I'd like to change this, and it is it was the fireplace. Uh, and you all, many of you have been in the rectory. There'll be another day to come in. We'll have our open house on the mid June sometime. So hopefully it'll be done by then. I can't believe I just said that. Now I've got a timeline on me. But uh, we had this the fireplace in the rectory is this beautiful thing. It's just got this beautiful wooden mantle around it, and it's really a, a lovely. Uh, piece of work, but there were this, this tile on there. It's this uh, kind of cream colored floral print, uh, you know, which kind of puts a date on it, right? You know, late 70s, early 80s. And it really looked nice on there, but I thought, I wonder what's underneath it. Anyone ever thought that before? Right, I wonder what's under there. But we've been in there two years, right? We've been in there a while, but I haven't done anything about it. Why do you think I haven't done anything in two years? Pandora's box, that's, wow, that's good. Exactly. Um, There's this emotion that holds me back. I like to call it fear. (laughs) Right? Because it's that thing that says, I don't know what's behind it. Right? I know this was not original, nor was this right here original, because it's printed on a computer, or, you know, because you can see the little pixels on it. So you know it's not, it wasn't there in 1903 when the house was built. Right, and so but there was this emotion that held me back that said, Don't pull that off, Seth. You don't know what's behind there. I mean it could be like a passage to the underworld, you don't know. <laughs> right? When you dig into an old Victorian, you don't know what's back there. But finally, with the approval of the vestry, I decided I'd dig into it. Right? I'd open it up and see what's behind it. Now, I think that's a lot like what's going on in our gospel passage for today. Of course, we have the great passage from the gospel of John about the story of Lazarus. Uh, Lazarus is the brother of Mary and Martha, and he is loved by Jesus. And so, you know, this family who seems to be closer than any other family in the scriptures to Jesus, you'd think things would go well for them, don't you think? Right? They kind of live in the shadow of the king. That that would be good, Right? right, that they'd get special privileges, they'd get handouts, they'd get the special seat at the carnivals and festivals, right, that things would go well for them. But how do things go for this family? Not so good, right? So Lazarus gets sick, and they send a message to Jesus, hey, Jesus, Lazarus is sick, and they get an immediate response, right? Jesus jumps right there, he's at the bedside, Lazarus is healed, and everything goes great. Right? Is that how yours read? No, no, mine said that Jesus didn't come when he heard that Lazarus was sick. Instead, he stayed away. Stayed away for quite a while. You know, and that's not a big deal, because Jesus, we know he can heal people long distance. We see that in the scriptures. He's kind of like uh, the Bell Bell Telephone Company. He can reach out and touch somebody, (laughs) right? And he can do that long distance, but instead, he doesn't. Lazarus keeps getting sick, and sicker, and sicker, and sicker. And then he dies. And still, Jesus isn't there. He doesn't even show up for the funeral. They have the funeral. They bury Lazarus. And they start mourning. And they start crying because Lazarus is dead and gone. For four days, he's been in the ground. What kind of friend is that who stays away? doesn't even come to his friend's funeral. Then Jesus finally shows up. Four days after the death of Lazarus. The family's already moving on in their process of grief. They've already completed all the stuff that needs to be done, and they're just sorrowful that their brother is gone. But Jesus shows up. He's there. And he has a few conversations about the resurrection, and then he meets Mary, the sister of Lazarus. And here the passage speaks for itself. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. This passage is so important. It's so important because Jesus knows that in a couple of minutes, he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Right? Any debate on that one? All right? Jesus knows. He knows why he's there. And he knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He told his disciples that. You know, I know that's the reason he's there. to read last verse from the dead. And yet, he sits down with this family, steps into their grief, and cries with them. God, the all-powerful, all-knowing creator of the universe, takes this family's pain onto himself, and he grieves with them. We serve a God who does this, who steps into our pain with us, Even though he knows the end will turn out well, even though he knows that the resurrection will set all things right, even though he knows that, he steps into our pain with us, as he did with this family. And then he comes to the tomb of Lazarus, and Jesus says the unthinkable, Take away the stone. There's no explanation, no preparation, no kind of like, hey guys, This is a big deal, okay? I'm going to raise your brother from the dead. So when we open the stone up, he's all going to be okay. There's none of that. No warning, no expectation of anything that's going to happen at the end of it. Just take away the stone. The commandment sits there. Jesus' request sits there before Mary and Martha. Sits there before them. And it asks, will you be faithful in this thing? But Martha, the sister of Lazarus, who's ever the practical one, Says, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. And do we need to get into that? <laughs> right? That's what happens when people die, right? That's what happens when there's not refrigeration, right? Things start to stink, right? And so Martha's like, Look, I don't want to open that up. You have no idea what's behind that stone, Jesus. Fear. Fear is keeping that stone in place. Fear is keeping Lazarus in that tomb. Fear is denying Jesus' commandment to open it up. Fear. And what are they afraid of? Any guesses? Stink. Stink. Yeah, they're just going to stink. Right? And what else is he going to do? Or what is he going to look like, you think? Disgusting. Disgusting. Right. Yeah, he's probably bloated. Right? He's probably not looking so nice. And who wants to see their dead loved one looking like that? Right? We want to remember them as they were. We, you know, we put up pictures of them in their prime. We remember them that way. We don't want to think about him, rotted and nasty and bloated. That's not how we want to think of Lazarus. It's a very practical concern, Mary, our Martha has. She hesitates, and rightly so. But Jesus replies, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they take away the stone. Mary and Martha and everyone else, they're all convinced that behind that stone is death and sorrow. But Jesus says that behind that very same stone is not death and sorrow, but the glory of God. The stone is removed, and and Jesus thanks God for answering his prayer, and he points out to to those people and to us that miracles are done so that people will believe in Jesus. Jesus. That's the point of it, so that they'll see and believe in Jesus. And he commands Lazarus to come out with these simple words Lazarus, come out. Then the amazing happens the dead man walks out, or hobbles out. I mean, he's got his hands and his wrists tied. You can't move very easily that way. But he comes out, he comes out of the grave. He walks out there before their eyes. The passage tells us many of the Jews therefore who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. No kidding. Right? I mean seriously, this guy was dead in the grave for 4 days and now he's walking out. I hope they believed. Right? That's a pretty amazing testimony to God's power. This is one of the most enduring images we have in the Bible of this man wrapped in cloths being pulled out of the grave or walking in his own strength out of the grave. Jesus raising a man who had been dead four days and who was already stinky and now is alive and walking we follow this same god this same god who can speak to the dead man and bring him up from the grave and he wants to do the same work in our lives he wants to bring life where there is death now this man dead for four days being brought back to life this kind of thing doesn't happen very often Right? Probably very few of us in our lives will ever witness or hear of anything like this happening in the world around us. But I think that God wants to do a more miraculous thing in each of our lives. He wants to heal the death that resides not just in this one man's life, but in each one of our lives. Let me explain. I believe that each one of us, to some degree or another, have places or a place of death inside of us. These are the places that we've not allowed God or anyone else to touch. Perhaps this place has been caused by something someone said to us when we were little, or maybe something someone did to us at some point in our life that hurt us beyond what we feel like could be repaired. Or perhaps we did something in our past that we can't get beyond, we can't forgive ourselves for, we can't let go of. Maybe there's a sin or an addiction that we keep tucked away inside of us. This, this thing that we've walled off from the rest of the world, this thing is the death that Jesus wants to open up. This very day, he is standing in front of that tomb inside of our hearts and saying, take away the stone. But you know what? Just like Martha in this, in this story of Lazarus, this command, this command to take away the stone, it triggers fear in us. Because we're culturally conditioned to keep the stone in place. Anyone ever hear of the story of Pandora? Right? You know, she pulled the lid off the box. And what came out of there? All the ills of the world. Right? We're worried that when that stone comes away, that rot, that stench, that thing will spread through our lives. And death will take us over. We're worried that if we were ever to expose that to Jesus, he would never accept us again. Because we would be we would be seen to be beyond repair. Repair. We're worried about pulling off that stone, about opening it up. There's fear there. But Jesus says to us, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Now, ultimately, I got over my fear of this fireplace, right? And I pulled out my chisel and I started going to work, started pulling off these tiles on the face of it. And what do you think I found underneath it? No, not more tile. Yeah, in the bottom there was more tile. But on the face of it, brick. brick. Yeah, and it was this beautiful brick. It was beautiful. The original fireplace surround is still there. And so now we're, we're chipping off the uh, adhesive that's all over it, trying to get back to that place. Because it looks beautiful. It's a beautiful contrast in that living room to have that, that brick there around that old fireplace. Gives it a sense of permanence and strength. But it was scary to do it. It was scary. As soon as that chisel fell and that first tile came off, my heart kind of stopped for a second. And then I saw, oh, thank God, there's beauty behind it. There is beauty behind that tile that I had never imagined would be there. That's what Jesus wants to do in our hearts. But he needs us to do that work to step through our fear, to step into that place of trusting in him. And allow him to go inside, to speak into that place in our hearts that we keep hidden, to speak into that place in our lives, and to bring about his glory where we only knew there was death. God is inviting us to this today. He's not going to force himself upon you. He is not going to tear the stone out by his own power. Instead, he invites us to step into this work with him, to pull the stone away so that he can reveal his glory in our lives. You and I, broken people, hurting in so many ways, are the people God wants to reveal his glory in. And when he does that, when that stone is rolled away, what was the effect for those people who saw it? What did the passage say happened to them? They believed in God because of that stone, because that man who had been dead in there. They believed in God because of that work that was done. And that's what happens to you and I when we allow, when we move that stone away and allow God's glory to shine in our life, that he will reveal himself through us and the world will see it and they will believe too. My prayer for us is that we would faithfully obey the Lord's command today, that we would roll that stone away so that his glory can shine in our life and so that he can heal that brokenness inside of each and every one of us. May we be people who through the power of God have the faith to roll it away and trust that God will bring about his glory in our lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, this work of bringing life and the death, Lord, is nothing that any one of us can do. Lord, and it's terrifying. It's terrifying to expose ourselves before you, Lord God. But you invite us to this. Lord, you know what the result will be. You know that it is for our healing and for our redemption, Lord, that that stone needs to be rolled away. Lord, so give us faith to trust you, to trust that you have our best interests in mind, Lord, and that you will do your powerful good work within us. Lord, and when you do that, I pray that you would use us as your servants to reveal your glory to the world. May we, with hearts alive and full of joy, Lord, share your hope and the way that you have healed our lives.